0: Welcome back to part two of my interview with Robert Moyer. So, Bob, I was going to ask you um, how you first met Carol. Let's talk a little bit about Carol Sills, because she was so important. Uh, She was.
1: uh, She is. uh, She is, uh, yes. She's, as you you well know, she's uh, leading a workshop this uh, very summer. And I've had the great privilege, you know, when I say who I've worked with, Uh, I always have to include Carol because I've taken I don't know how many story theater workshops from her, four or five, I think, maybe more. I forget. But uh, once Paul uh, was was gone, um, Carol kept doing workshops. And um, what can I say? She has the spirit of the games from being right with them from the moment that Paul started this larger development of story theater, of sharing the work. She's, you know, she's she edited, uh, she worked with Viola on uh, Theater Games Rehearsal. She re-edited uh, Theater Games for Rehearsal just recently. Uh, her knowledge of the work is as deep as anybody uh, working uh, anywhere at this time and you can uh, knowing knowing uh, uh, her daughters um she has four daughters um they they cover a spectrum it's remarkable um rachel is the actress i mean she has been in paul's production she's on the cover of his book story. yes yes story.
0: Uh, she's
1: she she understands the work so deeply on the performance level she's uh, Paul loved working with her um Aretha is this incredible like she's uh, she said many times you know she's she's doing the family business this is the family business you know and then and Aretha understands the business you know and then uh uh Polly is the one in the family who's a tattoo artist you know so <laughs> you know you've got everything going on here uh Polly's great uh, and then there's Neva, who's this incredible artist and teacher as well, I mean she's teaching art and she is an artist as well, so this is the family and well, this is not just Paul Sills, this is Paul Sills and Carol Blake- Blakely Sills, you know. Um, it, it, you can't, when you ask to describe somebody you can't say because there's no technique involved here right there's 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 just a a presence and a knowledge and a sharing that comes it's hard to describe um you feel the same way about viola carol uh she, i've watched her work with children too it's the same thing just introducing something to them and they take to it immediately right right you know that that kind of that kind of person who works with children they, they just take to it immediately Well uh her daughters have you know taken to her kind of creativity this uh, 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 when you see uh, neva's painting it's uh, it's it's so rich and just like when you hear aretha talk i mean i love listening to aretha talk because i i I can hear everybody in there you know i can hear she channels viola wonderfully and then she does paul really well but the all it's all mediated by the fact that you know most of the workshops she did i'm pretty sure before she became an adult most of those workshops and her her presence that influenced her was her mother because her mother is the one who did workshops with with kids and did things with people you know and um like and i'm sure i'm sure she's i'm sure she did she didn't work with viola because viola didn't work with children uh, in her later years you know she Uh didn't do many workshops uh with children and i doubt if you know if if you went to viola's house you didn't play games you drank wine and ate good food, you know, I've cooked, I've cooked a number of meals, just because that's what you did when you went there, you know, and you sat around and had great food and great conversation. And uh, so I'm sure I'm sure that most of the games that, and Paul was busy, you know, Paul's Paul's a director, Paul is a director, right? It was only in later years, you know, that he did workshops. You know, I was so fortunate to start with him once Viola had passed. I was able to start working with Paul. So that's really when I got to know Carol. I'd met her, uh, talked both in New York and California, and seen her and all that, but really understanding uh, the depth of Carol's uh, um, understanding uh, and deep. Uh, ability to share the work. That's the word. She has this ability to share the work that doesn't get in the way of the work. You know, it's not about just as it was never about Viola, it's never about Carol. It's about the work and how she communicates this wonderful art form of story theater, uh, which she's doing the workshop in this summer.
0: You know, it's gonna be so exciting. Now, um, I heard, uh, Carol told me about how she, she had come down from Canada as, a, as an artist with a girlfriend who was also yeah. an artist, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they somehow end up uh, taking, a, uh, taking a waitressing job at Second City. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how she and Paul uh, got together. Do you know that part of the story?
1: i don't but i just have a general statement to make she was really good looking
0: <laughs> beautiful and she still is but beautiful beautiful
1: yeah. and and paul was not adverse to uh i'm sure to beautiful women you know who were smart and talented and as full of life uh, as as carol was i can only imagine you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, when I spoke with her, she helped with the lighting of some of the shows. Oh,
1: and props, costumes. And props. And it's all Carol. Okay. Tell us more it, about that, yeah. with the show. First show I saw by Paul, that Paul direct, story theater show, was this brilliant uh, show that Carol engineered the, uh, 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 the, the the props. It was a shadow thing where body parts fell down a chimney into a fire, okay, and then came together to be uh, uh, the character in the story that was the, the you know, the, the little gnome character that came out in the folktale. I forget what the folktale was. Um, the one who set out to study fear? Could have been the one who set out to study fear. I think that might have been the one it was. Anyway, it was, it was in the theater behind Second City. There was a little theater, a second theater behind Second City. And that's where Paul had done this story theater production. And I got to see it. And that's when I really spent time for the first time uh, with uh, Carol. And uh, but whenever, whenever anything happened, you know, Carol would handle that kind of the uh, that part of the operation, in my understanding, most of the time. So.
0: A personal, but can we hear more about your relationship with Carol, because she's a very interesting lady, I must say. Uh,
1: I, I wanted to read to you, um, so I'll do that in a minute once this thing comes on. Um, yeah. Um, there, are, there have been a couple of times when Carol has just been supportive uh, when I'm Not necessarily, not necessarily in uh, anybody's good graces, you know. Uh,
0: I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. Uh, I
1: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) There. It's interesting that my relationship with Viola and Paul both consisted of of them. What do I want to say? Being very direct with me. And some people found that uh, difficult, okay? Some people found it difficult to take because they are not nice. I don't know if you've worked with many geniuses, but the ones I have worked with are not nice when it comes to their work. I got to work with Charles Strauss, he was that way, Gerald Friedman, who was the director of Shakespeare in the Parks for years, and was the original director of uh, uh, of, uh, an incredible number of Broadway shows is in the Broadway hall of fame was my boss, uh, Paul, Carroll. Uh, if it has to do with the work, they are not nice. They want the thing to happen. And Paul and Paolo were like that. Uh, 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 some people would call it yelling. Some people would call it <laughs> and, and, and some people would leave because they couldn't take it. They would take right, it personally. Right but they were never personal, these people were never personal, so they're, they're telling you what's going on, what, how, where you fit into it, and I, I was thrilled with that, this is, this is me, I woke up one night uh, after doing workshops with Paul for a few years, Uh, which is tough for me, because I'm not naturally a good player. Uh, If I become a more uh, adequate player, it's only because of my constant throwing myself out there. Uh, uh, So working with Paul was at times just really, really hard. Okay, but he never yelled personally at you. And I woke up one night before he had passed away, I woke up one night, sat up in bed and said, oh my God, Who's going to yell at me when Paul is gone? You know, because it was such an essential part of my learning and understanding the work to have things pointed out when it happened. And the same with Viola. I mean, there were people that, and the other part of it, Max has said this many times because he's been (laughs) yelling at too. He says, the thought in Max's head was Max Schaefer. The thought in his head was, oh, this is wonderful. Paul Seals is yelling at me, <laughs> <laughs> because we did a workshop, and after the workshop, <laughs> Paul just tore us apart, because Max and I led the workshop, and he was watching. He just tore us apart, and we we're both sitting there. There's a picture of us. Paul, The picture is Paul yelling, and it's just a still picture, and it's Bob and Max sitting there going, <laughs> smiling, <right? laughs> we know he's yelling, nobody else does. It's just, oh, this is Bob and Max with uh, Paul. Uh, so, Carol is such a mediator, and a mediation force, you know? Uh, and she not only, she had the same ability to encourage you at times i I, I just want to read you something that she wrote to me after i told her one time i was having a hard time i had been told at a very young age that i was not a good painter that i couldn't draw and that kept me from being a painter Uh, i wanted to be a i wanted to be a painter very much in my life and so here's here's a note that i get from carol okay now it is time for you to set up a work corner in your front room For scissors, origami paper, water based paints, brushes, charcoal, pencils, etc., make lots of stuff. Feel your feet. Surprise yourself. If you don't like something, toss it. Results are not the thing. You can invite a friend over to play too. Dig in a hat for who, what, wears. Call change and exchange. Keep a small sketchbook in your pocket. You can write words into it as well, word and image being equivalent. Use spray varnish, be crafty. Your old teacher said you can't draw, but just wait, you will draw. Potsky around, put on music. And this is a line from Viola, discipline is involvement.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful. Hope so did, did you follow her suggestion? Her I did,
1: again? for a long time. I, I haven't lately, And but as soon as I read this, I go, you know, I should do this again to, to do that. Yeah. So I hope Carol, if if you're listening, I hope you don't mind that I read that. I didn't ask permission.
0: Oh, I'm sure she's going to listen. I think (laughs) so. Yeah. Oh, that is just so beautiful. Uh, And the genius children they produced. I mean, the whole thing.
1: Really, the understanding here is that to me, you know, that this mildew has turned out somebody who can, people who can do what they do. You know, and that like, like we know Aretha is, is handling the, the family business, quote, unquote. So, so, so uh, honestly, I guess is a good word to use, you know?
0: So, you know, as a therapist, I'm involved in psychology. And yeah. one of the things that Aretha writes about pretty extensively, I'm sorry, Viola writes about extensively is approval disapproval and i like if you don't mind your take on approval disapproval a la viola or about a la bob
1: yes well uh this is where uh viola was my salvation uh, her work because uh <laughs> frankly she would use me <laughs> she would use me as an example of what's wrong with society disapproval <laughs> because th- th- she could spot it in me. That's, th- that was my, th- that's that the core of my being approval and disapproval being brought up, you know, in the, in the middle class in America, come on, you know? And so that's what I'm was always seeking. And I get caught at it, you know, when i get caught at it. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa boy. whoa, you know, um <laughs> it was It was. you might call it yelling some might call it yelling <laughs> uh because it it means you're always walking around as viola says with these ghostly voices in your head she calls them ghostly voices she's what that, that that are telling you ah, that's not right no nope, you can't do that it's there, there are voices, as, as I think she says somewhere else, there are voices of people who are no longer here speaking to you about what you should do, and you're still seeking that voice's approval. You are not allowing yourself to emerge by seeking somebody else's approval, somebody else's words, you know, you, and by letting that go, and working on the problem and just addressing the problem at hand, allowing these ghostly voices to go away. Well, if you can stay on focus, you can do that. You can avoid approval, disapproval. If if a group of people can decide to stay on focus, then they don't have to worry about approval or disapproval or ghostly voices or what other people think, they can simply solve the problem. And fortunately, that's, you know, it's a constant struggle. But boy, I'm sure glad I got this far. And I wouldn't be this far if it weren't for Viola's coaching. The the, the idea that you can coach yourself out of this, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: side coaching, and that you can side-coach yourself out of that, saying, oop, there's that ghostly voice again, you know, just acknowledging it. And this is the other thing that Viola has done for me, is called uh, scoring, what's your score? I don't know if anybody's mentioned that much. Um, It's very heavy in the book, uh, Theater Games for the Lone Actor, there's a whole big section on keeping score. And keeping score means, rather than saying, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, what will people think? You simply oh, stop doing that. You know, all these things that we say when we when we're trying to correct behavior or trying to change behavior or trying to get rid of something, all you have to do is keep score. You just note down that you did it. You don't judge it. No judging going on. You just mark down that you did it. What's your score? You score it and you keep scoring it until it either changes or goes away that's the essence of keeping score she goes into it much deeper they they've they've honed it down for the book she wrote a whole book about it uh, which uh, i've been fortunate to have Um, but to me that's the essence of what viola has enabled so many people and i think is the one of the core issues of her belief, when she said in her acceptance for her PhD at Eastern Michigan, she said, this work will change the world, but maybe not in my lifetime, but it will change the world. And if we can alter that concept of approval, disapproval, and just have things happen, Something happened in class. Here, here's how it's affected me in my work. Carol provided me with this. If you make a safe environment, you can do anything in with a group. Okay? Safe environment where anybody feels free to try something. Isn't that what it's about? Oh, I can't do it. Somebody will touch me, you know. Or oh, I want I want to do this. I want I want that person to. If that's not the question, what will be accomplished? So I'm working with a group of fourth graders. We're getting close to production. We did auditions the other day. And one of the parts, and the kids, any kid can try out for any part. So I've a class of 20, just average fourth graders, right? We asked who wants to try out for, and I named the role. I don't remember what the name of the role was. Who wants to try out for? every child in the class raised their hand and my colleague and i turned and said that's never happened before so that's because it's under the umbrella of the kids have to feel safe and if they do anything can happen yeah. and viola says this and carol said it to me uh just a couple of years ago about once you've done that everything is is possible, where you're not approving or disapproving you're just offering them an opportunity to bring themselves into the space. and um, that just happened yesterday, as a matter of fact so i'm just kind of awash in the glow of, of that. Wow. Uh, accomplishment you know that uh, once again. I, I I look back and I, i'm looking at my list of things i've done i go what what do we do what do we do to make that happen this year you know because i do it every year and this has been an exceptional year and once again it's the work it's nothing i engineered you know it's it's playing games with just the sake of playing games not for a purpose you're not trying to educate anybody you're not trying to teach them anything you know um and yet by the time they finish they know the parts we're talking about they already know the parts that we're talking about it's not like they had to give them a script because we've gone through all this so much so uh, that took me to a line that um by the time we get there the kids already know the story so they can play any part really um it said viola's a line about uh, experiential learning where we talk about giving a problem to solve a problem she says how much more certain would knowledge be if it came from the excitement of learning itself?
0: I love that quote. I love that quote.
1: Yep, it was just it's one of the key quotes that I think is essential when you're working with teachers, so that they buy into this idea. Poor teachers, they have to make sure the kids know something, so they make sure they, they have to. Force it at them, and it's so counterproductive. So anyway, that's why I'm in the schools, so I can be subversive.
0: Good, I like that. So it's
1: been been my it's been my guiding principle of of why I've done all the things I've done with (laughs)
0: with
1: with education and 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 doing performances for uh, children over the years. You know that I'm offering them that opportunity. And who else where else will they get that you know I work I get to work with 350 elementary school kids every year and. uh, So I get to watch kids grow from kindergarten through eighth because it's a school right so i get to go through. And that's my feeling about it, my experience is that wow they're getting, if if something happens to them, it's something that they would not otherwise have the opportunity to experience, so.
0: What a gift you're giving them. Now, this is probably a question I already know the answer to, but if you had to choose between adults and children, who would you rather teach?
1: Oh, there's no question about it. I, I taught in a conservatory, it was a national program uh, uh, We had the most I had my choice of 400 to 500 kids a year. I got to pick the best 20 to be in my program. So you've seen some of the people that I've had in my class. You know yeah. that uh, commercial where the guy does with the ostrich, the yeah. commercial, the guy with the ostrich. He was my student. <laughs> okay, uh, he just donated. He, Dave was uh, great. He just uh, he just visited the school. Uh, a while back, a couple of years ago, I think. And uh, Dane DeHaan, who's this incredible actor that you've seen uh, in a number of uh, movies. He was in Lincoln. Uh, He's been the lead of a number of shows. He was, uh, he was a student. Um, So in other words, I've had these incredibly talented students, right? 20 chosen from around the country. I left there and now uh, for the past 20 years, while I was doing that, I was also working at the elementary school. I've been working at the elementary school. Which am I having more fun at? (laughs) I'm having more fun with the kids.
0: I bet you are. I bet you are. Um, You know, Spolen, the theater games are very therapeutic. You know, as a therapist, I've been using them quite a bit um, from grounding to for people with anxiety, playing games, just like games like mirror or feel, feel yourself with yourself. I use so much in my therapy. And so the, I guess it's called applied, whatever, but applied improv is the name, but uh, to me, it's just improv. And it's such a great tool to work with people (laughs) because either they've got anxiety or they may have brain injuries or have some kind of disease
1: you will love this story there's this little girl in our class called violet who who looks like this all the time mm-hmm. you know she sits like this she never speaks when she speaks she speaks quietly right one of those children she during the time we've we were playing a game once and she actually accomplished the focus of the game very well we were playing prince of paris i don't know if you know prince of paris and she got she got knocked down to the bottom of the row just devastated devastated that she you know this happened to her she went to the teacher and was crying and everything she went back in line and worked her way back up then when because we're doing this as warm ups of course for being in the story and doing whatever need to do this child has never volunteered for anything all of a sudden who would like to read this part And she gets up and she knocked it I mean we're we're both going. Because again once again the environment was such, and the games had given her the games had given her that confidence that number one it's okay I can get back, you know I can do it again that wasn't a failure, it was just going to work my way back up again, and then I can take a chance. You know, and she's been taking a chance for the last week now. It's been a week that, since oh that. Oh my
0: started. god, is that beautiful? Have Have you ever worked with kids with autism on the autism spectrum?
1: Uh, early on, when I um, in the eighties, uh, I did a lot of work with um, uh, children in uh, institutional settings, specifically uh, mainstream schools, where they uh, uh, mainstream the uh, kids into the class, and then I have worked. Uh, of course in institutions with them and of course every time you do it you just leave the room feeling totally uh, uh decimated and failed because you don't think you got any response and then the teachers come up and say we've never seen them respond like that before you know because <laughs> you, you you're using your criteria and they're using their criteria about what happens and i have uh, con- consistently in, in in our school i have autistic children That are in the class I have one right now who started to play then stopped and I have not been able to get him back in the play. Although I did get a side coach from Aretha the other day that helped me help your fellow player play so what I did was whenever the kid gets up to play i've said that to his class help your fellow player play without naming him they know everybody knows who it is we're talking about um and i've had really brilliant autistic children who uh, who respond very well to the games and can accomplish something
0: right they're I've able actually, to yes
1: they're able to take a focus and hold on to it
0: i've actually taught classes for just autistic children and it's uh, to me i find it really rewarding and uh occasionally frustrating but Um, when you see them breaking out, when you see them getting it, when you see that aha moment, it's quite a nice thing.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So, um, you know, you've had a very interesting life, uh, you know, and it's been guided by working with Viola and Paul and learning all of these wonderful games. But you also talked about your relationship with um, uh, Carol and Charles Strauss, who wrote Annie and Bye Bye Birdie.
1: Yeah, that was that was a a wonderful experience where I just had the chance because I created shows, I was a a director of a company called the United Stage, and in the act of doing that I ran into a director of a theater in Houston, who made a contact with Charles Strauss and wanted to do a a play that. uh, uh, Talked about uh, that supported. Well, the name of the show was uh, uh, Winners. And it was about how you can be a winner without winning. That was the concept of the show. And so I met Charles and uh, we put together a show called Winners. And he wrote music for it. one of the number I remember off the top of my head is I, I know Michael Jackson. This is how long ago the show was, <laughs> isn't <just> eighties, <laughs> I think, you know, I know Michael Jackson you know. Um, so anyway, we did this uh, show and um unfortunately, it didn't go anywhere. But we All had right. a good time with it, uh, where well, we did it in uh, Houston. But it was part of it was during that time when I was really um, focusing in on the, uh, my production company, uh, which was which we do participatory story theater. And we were able to, over the years, we performed for over a million people. And I feel like that's a hell of a hell of a thing too to give that kind of the kind of theater that i was describing earlier the story theater to an audience that would otherwise not see it yes and um, we were able to do that at the kennedy center and the smithsonian i think we went four or five times uh, brooklyn academy of music and 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 school cafeterias around america (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I, I assisted, I assisted Viola with, with people from, uh, my company, uh, joined in, uh, in, uh, L.A., uh, assistant, was, uh, assistant director to Viola. We directed a show together. I would do it, uh, I would put the show together in the morning and then Colmas would drive her down from the hills and she would direct them in the afternoon. That was a month and a half in Los Angeles, so that was another thrilling experience to uh, to be around Viola working. I mean, work things that things I've watched her do. You know, that just have stuck with me uh, while she was directing, while she was directing Viola Spolin directing. Yes, I got to be oh. there. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great. Well, another thing that you are really prominent in, starting poetry a little bit later in life, I guess, is haiku writing. And um, you also wrote another, you've you've written so many wonderful haikus, you've won all kinds of awards. And then you also wrote The The Last Bite, um, where you uh, combine uh, haiku with um, somebody's art.
1: Yes, right. It's a beautiful, incredible book. Once again, you know, I'm at the point and I have been for many years where the thrill is not producing something, the thrill is collaborating and having something emerge from that. Well, this was some guy that I played, uh, that I met in uh, Germany, and we would drink beer together and eat cheese. And one day he says, what's this haiku stuff? And I says, oh, well, and I explained it to him and I gave him some, and he was a brush artist. The next time I came back, as I went back once a year, the next time I go back, he hands me a bunch of pictures that goes with the poems, with the poems written on them, which is called haiga, which is haiku with pictures, basically, and they were incredible. This was stunning work. Well. I decide when I come home I said oh this is wonderful let's do a show so I had a friend who ran a gallery who needed shows every month or so you know, so we scheduled an exhibition while doing the exhibition, I say oh my goodness this this look, we could put these in a book. I show the work to another artist another brush artist she says, can I contribute I go well that sounds like a good idea, and then I find a book artist who puts books together does handmade books. And she designed the book and put it together. So here's a collaboration. And why is it a collaboration? Because I came up with the idea, no, because that's just what emerged. I mean, you know, this is Viola invading my life, you know, and now uh, doing workshops, you know, the thrill of, of doing workshops for me, I get to do workshops with a Max Schaefer. You know, he lets me. Oh,
0: I love Max.
1: Oh, he's so great. He lets me travel with him every now and then to do things. He'll set things up and I get to go along. You know, we've been to England and Japan just because of Max. And, and the collaboration is so much more wonderful than doing something just by yourself. You know, it's a thrill to do that. The poetry was the same thing, it was the collaboration of, of the poetry. Um, my, uh, my fiance and I are collaborating on a reading uh, next Tuesday. As a matter of fact, of poetry that I've written, poetry she's written, and then poetry we've written together. Oh, right? nice. It's so exciting. Could I do that? I I wouldn't have the confidence because of my, the constant, you know, this this disapproval of things that I can do and can't do, that you're layered with all of your life. You know, if I hadn't been able to come through that and trust myself, I couldn't write anything with her, you know, because she's a much better poet than I am. But that's that's judgment isn't it that's approval and disapproval so i let that go and I just do it and things pop out and hey it's great that the viola's work has enabled me because you know uh, uh, being in the theater and writing a haiku are the same being on stage in a in a, a scene the way we do it in theater games and coming up with a haiku you requires you to do the same thing and you know what that is be in the moment right 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 not in your head you have to be physically in the moment to take in everything that's there and then it's like you can't think your way through a scene you can't think your way into a poem right it either happens and comes to you and you then take it or you go like you know people doing oh that's not right that's not right no, that's not right. You know that that thing that that she talks about. That's not it. That's not it. That's it. So that's one of the ways I write. When I have some something pops into my head for the thing, I'll go. Oh, that's not. I go. No, that's it. I'm sticking with that. That's it. So it's the same thing. Good improv. Good haiku. Be in the moment. When
0: I studied haiku. There was a specific form that you had to use in terms, and yeah, I don't see that. I, um, I would like to do a reading of one of your poems that really struck me, uh, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, sure. I'd like to know what it is.
0: Okay. Um, oh, okay, here it is. She grabs at air where the firefly was twilight but there was another one about your grandchild and i i i don't seem to be finding it right now Was uh uh, uh
1: uh granddaughter
0: yes granddaughter
1: granddaughter flops and wiggles in my hands hooked i can't throw this one back
0: <laughs> i love that i love that how many grandchildren well, do you have
1: the, the, you just picked two poems. And one of them's by one of them's about my younger granddaughter, the one about grabbing at, at, at fireflies. Uh huh. It's my youngest granddaughter, and the other one was my first granddaughter. It was the first time I held her. Oh. That that experience happened to me.
0: Oh, how beautiful! Yeah. How
1: so beautiful. good. Thank you. That's nice to have those two things for the yeah. two two granddaughters who are now (laughs) one of them in college and the other one just graduated so that's how long ago those were written
0: (laughs) Just beautiful though i admire your work so much and i'm really so grateful and honored to have this time to spend with you bob some we've done a number of aretha's workshops together and i was Mm. you know uh kind of struggling along and what i like about not only her teaching but is the group of people that are involved with her and the students that come to her.
1: Yes, well, I think that's the she attracts and keeps. Is um, the word uh, keep? I don't think the word is keep. She attracts and nurtures players. So it doesn't make any difference if you've just started playing or you've been playing a long time you still feel nurtured and moving forward. And um, I, I, I wouldn't miss, you know, uh, I just I have so, I, I get so much out of every workshop. And part of it is of course, working with you and everybody who comes to the workshops.
0: Very kind, you're very kind. Well, this has been such a fantastic experience for me. I've learned so much today. And I'm really eager and anxious to spread that knowledge and information and inspiration for others that will listen to our chat together today.
1: Great. Well, thank you for for the time and for um, helping me uh, do what's essential, I think, is to share the work, is to excite other people about the work and how it can In this troubled time, if there's any little thing that can change the world. um, Play. Could do it. Let's hope Viola's uh, prophecy comes true that uh, theater games that work will change the world. uh, If not, but maybe not in her lifetime, maybe not in our lifetime, but we hope it will.
0: We certainly do. Take care and thank you you again, Bob.
1: All right. Thanks for the time.
0: Bye-bye.